I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about the Battle of New Orleans. So grab your dashing pirates. And let's get civical. Hello, everyone. Hello. Why were you so delayed in saying hi back? You really, you really made us wait for it. I saw your mouth open and no sound came out. And then, and then it was like, (laughs) hello, as, as though I caught you off guard. I like to keep you on your toes, but also I realized I did the notes for the episode and did not address, I did not edit the episode breakdown. And I think that only matters to me. It really only and now matters just a to habit. you. It literally only matters to me. And honestly, I don't know why I do it because I, it, now it's just a habit. We don't use it. No. I don't even use it. I've never once it's a thing referenced that I change it. out of habit. 
No. And when you do notes, you don't do one. No, I don't. And when you don't, and when you do notes and don't do one, I'm not like, oh, I have to do an episode breakdown for this. No. I don't know why. You know what? It's episode 150. 150. And it's I a, say. Wait, that's a huge it's, number. It's a huge number. We're This is episode 150. That's hysterical. Yes. And I just feel like we're going to say bye-bye to the episode breakdown. Wow. I know. I know. It's a thing that only matters to me. Nobody else except Lizzie has ever seen her. And I think we're going to say bye-bye to the episode breakdown. Okay, great. So it's episode 150. Oh, also I should say, this is Let's Get Civical. Oh, hi. I'm Lizzie Stewart. (laughs) And I'm Arden Wallentowski. And now that we're all acquainted what Arden is referencing. So I don't even think we ever talk about our process of how we do notes, which is I think uh, episode 150 is a good episode to to peel back the curtain and and lift the veil of mystery. So Arden, um, like 99% of the time, does notes and research because she is so smart and amazing. 1% of the time, which is usually SCOTUS, biopic, biopics, and or something super fun for me. I'll do the notes. And we always have this episode breakdown, which Arden does. And it's like five minutes for this section, six minutes for this section, 10 minutes for this section. As though for, like we follow a, a, a timing pattern on our sections you know, like I like I obviously have a third grade reading level to begin with, and she's up here trying to like make me stay in time with things. And that is that is what we are going to get rid of. We're gonna get rid right. of the run of show, because if you will. We're getting rid of the run of show because it's ne- we have never once held a time clock to any of these sections, and no. then like we gotta cut, we gotta cut this. Nope, nope, nope. We've no, never we once just, held a time like. Unless we have a guest with a hard out, we've never once like held a time to our episodes. You'll notice we have episodes no. that are like 55 minutes and then episodes that are like 35 minutes. We're yes. manic with the timing because we're just <laughs> going to talk as long as we're going to talk. If we're going to we're going to talk as long as the notes hold. And That's right. uh, and and who gives a shit if it's, you know, one way or the other, short or long? But I love that yeah. you've hold, held on to it for 150 episodes. I, you know, my mm-hmm. little security blanket, my the pages of the script, my little walker, mm-hmm. all of the, all of the. It was a crutch, and now you know what? <laughs> Episode 150. I'm ready to get rid of the crutch. I think we're ready. Wow, wow! I want to <laughs> get rid of a crutch. What's my crutch? I. <laughs> Well, for you, I think it would have to be something with editing, because the other veil behind the curtain is that Lizzie does oh. all of the editing. I do. So whatever whatever your crutches and your editing process, which I don't see because you only give me you give me the edited the, versions. The the final version. Yeah. I, I mean my crutch my crutch is I'm always I'm always learning how to edit. <laughs> <laughs> my crutch is I'm not an editor and I'm completely self taught. You so- do amazing work and that like I, I think you're just so uh yes, you're self taught. But you've really taught yourself well, and that's impressive. Like, you've really taught yourself Thank how you. to edit an episode and, like, put on all the filters and whatever. And listen, I am currently getting an MFA in screenwriting, and we had to take two 
basically production classes that included editing. And it is hard. It's hard. It is hard and time consuming. And like, if you can edit well, man, Lizzie, you should get a job in editing. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And you should get a job in research and or writing and or what you should have whatever you want. Thank Arden. you. Thank you. You too, boo. Okay, so now that we've peeled back the veil of how Let's Get Civical <laughs> works, which is an unplanned detour. <laughs> Unintended. We're, we're going to do, I mean, it's episode 150, so we have to do something jazzy. We have to do something fun and you could say bombastic. And mm-hmm. we're talking today about the Battle of New Orleans. Or New Orleans, depending on where you're from. Oh. I say New Orleans, but I have heard that's what I say. The the I have heard the name said New Orleans in the context of the Battle of New Orleans. I've heard oh, that. okay. I think I but grew the Battle up of New Orleans saying New Orleans, but but now I don't feel like at the I'm mean, currently in the place where I grew up. I don't think anybody says that. I haven't heard that in a very long time. So I think I say New Orleans. Yeah. I mean, I was born in Louisiana, so I say New Orleans. Um, New Orleans. Which feels correct. But. Yeah. However you say it, there was a big battle that happened. I, to me, it's one of the funniest thing, one of the funniest battles in history because of, I guess, the fact that it ended up happening at all, I think is hysterical. Right. But. Oh, because it didn't need to happen. It didn't need to happen at all. And it didn't yet have it All these happened. people died. Right. Yeah. All these people died and they had already signed the goddamn treaty. It's just that we didn't have, you know, a telegram. Yep. And it's featuring one of my least favorite people in American history, I know. Andrew Jackson. So there'll be a lot of yeah. shit talking this episode. If you are an Andrew Jackson stan, first of all, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. Uh, and secondly, I wouldn't listen to this episode any further. Um <laughs> But I'm I'm so excited to talk about it because her the anniversary yes. of her was this past week, so that's why we're doing uh, doing an episode yeah. on it because why not? Yes. Yeah, why not? Yeah, no, I had no idea about the Battle of New Orleans. I this was all completely new to me. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So before we jump in, do you want to talk about today's sources? Yeah, so today's sources, today's Sharsharonin sources are history.com. Duh. And battlefields.org. Oh, I love battlefields.org. It's so good. It's They're a great so good. one. It's a great one. It's a great one. It's very easy. It's like the history.com for battles. It really is. And they give you like these are the important people. This is what they wanted. This is what they did. These are all the people who died. Here's the aftermath. Here's a mat. I mean, it's very, it's very friendly. Yeah. Reading. Yummy. Okay. Let's mm-hmm. jump in uh, and talk about what was she? What was the Battle of New Orleans? So these notes are coming from history.com. On December 24th, 1814, Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Great Britain and the United States signed a treaty in Ghent, Belgium, that effectively ended the War of 1812. News was so slow to cross the pond, however, and on January 8th, 1815, the two sides met in what is remembered as one of the conflict's biggest and most decisive engagements. 
I it's deci- I love that it's decisive and yet the war was already decided. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like a decision the, the had war been made, is over. but yeah, New Orleans was the tipping point for sure. The tipping point. We we were really on the rocks about it, but then this happened and clearly it tipped the Yeah. Battle. In the bloody battle of New Orleans, future president Andrew Jackson and a motley assortment of militia fighters, frontiersmen, slaves, Indians, and even, oh, no. Welcome back. And even pirates. Yes! It's the second episode of the year and we've had pirates in both. How? We for don't two. seek them out. No, we don't seek them out. They find us. They find us. I feel like if we get to an end of an episode this year and we have not said the word pirates, we just need to say pirates. Pirates. Pirates, pirates, pirates. pirates. We are pirate magnets. That's all I can say. We can't help it. It's just what we are. And even pirates weathered a frontal assault by a superior British force, inflicting devastating casualties along the way. So the British are still great at fighting. This is no different. Mm -hmm. Like, they're still the Redcoats. They're still, you know, top of the line when it comes to armies. And our guys are still kind of like, you know, a little... They're a little grungy. They're a little rock and roll. They're kind of just, they're street fighters, you know? They're, they're like, still figuring it they're out. They're still figuring it out, but they're like, yeah, shoot me a couple more times. I actually won't mm-hmm. die. That's our right. vibe. The victory vaulted Jackson to national stardom and helped foil plans for a British invasion of the American frontier, which is still, all of this is so funny to me. Because the the war was already over. It's done. The war like, is I, over. The treaty has been signed. I want to, I want to, I mean, I think a lot about like, if I could go back in time, what would I go back to? And honestly, mm-hmm. I think a contender could very well be like wherever the people, the main players of the Battle of New Orleans were when they found out that the war was already over. Like when they got when they got the letter and and they read and it was like dear British General Hamanashah, the war is over, and we signed a treaty. Right. Okay. Well, ten thousand well, men well, are dead. Well, we just <laughs> right. We just killed a bunch of people for no reason. Yeah. Or alternatively, when Andrew Jackson found out and he just went, "Whoopsie daisies." Well. <laughs> Well, we sort of, okay, I I did just kill a lot of British, so, que sera, sera, but you might want to know, I didn't know. I didn't know, I didn't know about the treaty. Yeah. I feel like, too, like, this is the thing that launched him to stardom and his presidency, so if we had had the telegram or some other form of communication other than, you know, notes put on a boat and carried across water, like... American history would have been completely different because yeah, he wouldn't have had the fame. He wouldn't have been president. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't actively hate this dead human. Yeah, for I, all of his carnage. And- I would trade the Battle of New Orleans for not having Andrew Jackson as a president. Oh, in 100%. a heartbeat. We didn't need this victory. This was a fun one. This was like a little extra. This is a us. bonus. But we don't need it. We didn't need it, you know? No. So let's talk about what happened. 
happened at the Battle of New Orleans. In December of 1814, like Lizzie said, as diplomats met in Europe to hammer out a truce in the War of 1812, British forces mobilized for what they hoped would be the campaign's finishing blow. Mm. Also, they know there's a treaty in the works, right? But there's the British, those little fuckers are still like, we're gonna, we're gonna get them. Yeah. We're gonna get these, I mean, we're gonna get these Americans. I, I kind of would do the same. I'm like, it's not a treaty till it's signed. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot it's of true. bad blood this is this is only oh, yeah. but a, a, a hop skip and a jump from the revolutionary war like everybody's still mad like we yes. just embarrassed the british and so yeah, yeah i'm Again. not gonna stop shooting americans until we sign on the dotted line yeah great Bang, bang, boom. It's a loophole. It's a loophole. Well, it's like, yeah, we're it talking is. about a treaty, but, like, we haven't signed anything. Yeah, we haven't signed the treaty. We can still kill you. Mm-hmm. We can still fire on you until it's signed on the dotted line and I get wind of it three months later. I don't know about it. Yeah. Yeah. So after defeating Napoleon in Europe earlier that year, Great Britain had redoubled its efforts against its former colonies and launched a three-pronged invasion of the United States. So they're still, they, they're on their high from defeating Napoleon and they're, they think sure. they're going to come for U.S. Like they yeah, have well, a chance. Well, I mean, that's, it's an impressive victory to beat Napoleon. Yeah. It was a great, sure. it was a great army. I, you know, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. honestly, they were like, yeah. okay, let's, let's strike while the iron's still hot. You know, right. obviously we're doing something right. If we can beat Napoleon, if we can beat right. Napoleon, we can beat right. the Americans. We can beat you, Dad Estat. What do they have? True. And I'm, and I'm like, yeah, the British, I don't know why the British lost twice. Like it doesn't make sense to me how how we I, pulled this off two times in a row. Oh, I think that I, I think the first time was like very surprising to us, like to you dot s dot. I feel like Yeah. Yeah. You we know, like, oh, it's shit. like when you Right. It's like, you know, you're a teenager and you're arguing with your parents because you want to take the car, you want to go out, and like eventually you maybe win an argument one mm-hmm. time and you're like, I don't know what to do with this newfound power. Yeah. But you ride that high, right? I feel like, you know, and and I, I feel like we rode that high all the way through the War of 1812 when the British came back. We were like, uh-uh, now we're adults, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, get out of our, get out of our faces. And I guess like, I now that I'm thinking about this, I guess that they're I don't guess. There was obviously an, a, a huge advantage in the fact that we fought it on our own soil. And oh, for God, them yeah. to get resources took so much longer than huge. what it would take to get resources to France or wherever. You know. Oh, yeah. I think and, the Americans yeah. would have absolutely gotten a big L for a low loss if we fought it in Britain. Oh, God. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we would have arrived and been like... I, we wouldn't we could barely get supplies to the troops that we had in our land like on our land like getting getting supplies and troops across the water no yeah no no i mean yes it was lucky that the british were like we want to beat you and we want this land back like they wanted their investment they wanted their land (laughs) you snooze you lose you snooze you lose and you can't have it Mm -hmm. 
So getting back to the notes, American forces had managed to check two of the incursions at the Battle of Baltimore. So the British are trying to take back American land and to gain ground. So one of them was the Battle of Baltimore, which we talked about when we talked about the Star Spangled Banner, because that was the battle Mm -hmm. that was the inspiration for Francis Scott Key's song. And as you, if you listen to that episode, and if you haven't, you should go back and listen to it. Also the name of the flag. Yeah. So she's the song and a flag. The other battle that they fought against the Americans was the Battle of Plattsburgh. But now the British planned to invade New Orleans, which was a vital seaport considered to be the gateway to the United States. And it was a newly purchased territory in the West. So the British are trying to take over the New Orleans port as a way to stop the Americans from getting the supplies that they need, from getting their troops around. So if they could seize the Crescent City, the British Empire would gain dominion over the Mississippi River and hold the trade of the entire American South under its thumb. So they're trying to stop all of the exports from leaving the South, going North to where the capital is, to where more people are. So what did the Americans have planned once they they realized what was happening and the British were upon them? After British forces were sighted near Lake Bournier, Jackson... Andrew Jackson, soon to be president after his successful battle, declared martial law in New Orleans and ordered that every available weapon and able-bodied man be brought to bear in the city's defense. So he's like, give me your guns. Let's go. Give me boom, your boom. boys. Let's Up go. And at We're going we to We gotta get ready. War. The British, the British are here. His force soon grew into a 4,500-strong patchwork of army regulars, frontiersmen, free blacks, New Orleans aristocrats, and Choctaw tribesmen, a Native American group. After some hesitation, Old Hickory, Andrew Jackson, even accepted the help of Jean Lafitte, who was a dashing pirate who ran a smuggling and privateering empire out of nearby Barataria Bay. Okay, wait. We're a dashing pirate? We've been here before. I'm going to look and oh, see. Look him up, please. If he's actually dashing, because we can't have another instance on our hand. Oh, oh. I mean, it's not it's not hot assassin at all. Oh, wait. Now I have to look it up. Jean Lafitte. Because the park where this battle happened is like named after him. It's called like Lafitte Park. Yeah. Yeah. Lafitte John, uh, John Lafitte National Park. Yeah. Oh, oh. He looks like a pirate. He does look like a pirate. I feel like whoever painted him with the very red cheeks did him wrong. Oh, oh, that one? Yeah, sure. That one, yeah. I feel like that makes him look like he has rosacea. But maybe he was just out in the sun all the time. He could be out in the sun. Also, it's like the facial hair of the time we don't love. That, like, goatee and mustache look. I don't (laughs) think is... I think it works for some people. Yeah. I mean, dashing may be a strong choice of words, but not a, not an unattractive pirate. Well, you also have to remember this is 1812, where it's like, it's not like everybody is in great physical health shape um, right. status. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of ugly people in 1812, <laughs> simply because we can't bathe, you know? Right. Well, we're not showering. We're not showering. We're we're, we're not, drinking moonshine we're drinking because moonshine. the water has and bugs. And we get into a to a hot 
bucket of water maybe once a month if you are an aristocrat. (laughs) Ah, bucket of water. So. Oh, my God. It could just be that, like, the, the dirtiness worked on him in, like, a grungy way. You know? Right. It could be goth. He He could could be be a little gothy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so we got, okay, glad we got that out of the way. So we got that out of the way. So he's, he's, so Old Hickory, Andrew Jackson, is enlisting pirates, the help of the pirates. Led Pop by pirates, Jean Lafitte, to be clear. who may or may not right, and who may or may not be dashing, depending on your definition of dashing and what your preferences are. So the two sides, the British and the Americans, first came to blows on December twenty third when Jackson launched a daring nighttime attack on British forces nine miles south of New Orleans. I, I just love I like I love the idea of what was daring. Back in the day, you know, what was what was crazy military strategy? Andrew Jackson just right. being like, hear me out. We're going to attack exactly the same, but at night. And all of his men going, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What are you talking? You're talking crazy. It's the greatest idea I've it's ever heard. It's the greatest heard. idea I've ever heard. Just like George Washington was like, hey, we're going to cross the Delaware at and they're like, what an what an insanely good strategy of how to escape. You do it at night. 
at night. I also love, I mean, and I don't know, I feel like this might be like a stereotype of the Revolutionary War and, uh, or like maybe painting with broad strokes as opposed to like actual nitty gritty real life factual details. But I also love this idea that the British just like marched in formation kind of out in fields, right? Like we're mm-hmm. coming to fight a battle and the colonists were like, we're going to hide behind some trees and shoot you. Yeah, we're going to get under a so rock. You keep, we're, you keep marching, yeah. but like we're going to be up in this here tree taking full aim and fire. Yeah. Look, if Star Wars taught us anything, it's that you need the higher ground, you know? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, so Jackson daringly launches his nighttime attack on the British forces. Jackson then fell back to Rodriguez Canal, located near Chalamet Plantation off the Mississippi River. Using local slave labor, he widened the canal into a defensive trench and used the excess dirt to build a seven-foot-tall earthen rampart buttressed with timber the man built a wall i mean he didn't build it he made slaves build it he He was he had the idea for a wall right and then he said people that are owned by other people build this wall wall. for me here are the blueprints yeah i i always find it's interesting about you know early days wars where not only are you you know obviously having to do military like military combat and all that stuff but then it's also there's a level of engineering that also has to be a part of the conversation oh my god of like okay i know this is day two three five ten of this you know long battle let's let's kind of build a structure like let's let's fortify something let's put some let's get some roots here let's lay a foundation it is impressive I think it's impressive. I also, like, when I was reading this, I was like, but the British are still there. Like, I don't understand how this all works. So Jackson is like, let's stop and build a wall. Are the British like, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, we'll hold fire while you build the wall. Or are they building the wall when the British aren't there? Are they building the wall and then there are guys just, like, on the outskirts with their guns, like, protecting the wall building? Yeah. I yeah. just I'm like where what's happening? How is this all g- going down? Like, yeah, what's give me a run of show? She loves her run of shows. I love a run of show. I really do. So Jackson is falling back. He's using slave labor to build a seven foot wall. So when this line when this was complete, it was called Line Jackson, which really makes me upset because I really want to say Jackson Line. Just that makes more <sighs> sense in my head. But also, it shouldn't. He didn't build it. Like, it should be called something else. Yeah, like but he was the ideas man, or, you know. He was the ideas man. But the fact that it's, you know, put that aside, which, okay, fine. But the fact that it's Line Jackson really makes me, I yeah, just, just want to say name. Jackson Line. It's a it's bad, a bad name. name. A bad name. But Line Jackson stretched nearly a mile from the east bank of the Mississippi to a nearly impossible, to a nearly impassable march. So he's built himself or made other people build for him a very tall wall that he's hoping sure. the British can get over. And I just, it's like, you know, it's that old children's book. It's like, can't, we're going to grandma's house. Can't go. There's a bear. Can't go around it. Can't go over it. Gotta go. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's what I feel like he's doing. Gotta go around it. Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. So while Jackson is, is, is building his, his wall, essentially, the British are also strategizing and coming up with stuff. So this is what the British had planned. 
Despite their imposing fortifications, Lieutenant General ooh, Packenham believed the, quote, <gasps> dirty shirts, as the British called <laughs> the Americans. God. I've never <laughs> heard that before. Well, it's like, no wonder you lost the war. Your best insult is dirty shirt? Like, come dirty on. Dirty shirts. They don't even bathe. Yeah. I just imagine being like, those filthy, dirty shirts. It's like, yeah, they don't have laundry. Come on. Come on. Your shirts are dirty, too. They're just red. They're just red. It's different. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, Lieutenant General Packham believed that the dirty shirts would wilt before the might of a British army in formation. So, as we were saying, the British loved their formations. They, I mean, shapes. They're very, they're very pretty. Very they're precise. very pretty. They're very good at marching, marching together at a beat. We love in a shape. In a shape. It's impressive. The trapezoid. Their greatest strength. Following a skirmish on December 28th and a massive artillery duel on New Year's Day, he devised a strategy for a two-part frontal assault. So this is the British lieutenant. Yeah. A small force was charged with crossing the west bank of the Mississippi and seizing an American battery. Once in possession of the guns, they were to turn them on the Americans and catch Jackson in a punishing crossfire. So they've got this whole, they've got this whole dream planned. I feel like that's, uh, we're a little too big for our britches because they don't have any weapons. They're like, first, first we, we got to get the their guns. weapons. <laughs> Step one, acquire weapons. Get more weapons. <laughs> they're already starting for, from a negative. Yeah. But they're doing a two. They're doing a two part. They're doing like here's the distraction, right, and then uh, right. here we're coming with the the actual fight. So at the same time, right. while that was going on, a larger contingent of some five thousand men would charge forward in two columns and crush the main American line at the Rodriguez Canal. So we're doing a diversion, and uh, while that diversion is happening, we are going to put our full force in shapes, and deliver a defeat. That's the British's plan. Yep. So this is what happened at the battle with when the British decided to deploy this plan. So the British put their plan to action at daybreak on January 8th. At the sound of a rocket whistling overhead, the red-coated throngs let out a cheer and began to advance toward the American line. They're coming in real cocky that this is going to go their way. Real cocky. Rah! British batteries opened up in mass and were immediately <laughs> met with an angry barrage from Jackson's 24 artillery pieces, some of them manned, by John Lafitte's pirates. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I just, we don't talk enough about the pirates. But I also love that Jackson was like, I, I hear you're the best gunner that there is. That's why he, like, hired him or asked him oh, to do sure. whatever. Because he was like, you know guns and how to shoot. Come on down. Come on you're down. the next contestant. I, Come join us. Come join nobody us. Nobody is, like, you know. too, like, not good enough when it comes to war. If you right. want to fight, yeah, dude, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> like, you need bodies. And pirates yep. have special skills. They have special skills. That's true. That's true. We'll have they to see. Do. 
Pakenham, the British lieutenant, had counted on moving under the cover of the morning mist, but the fog had risen with the sun, giving American rifle and artillerymen clear sight lines. I don't, I can't believe I have to say this, but if you are at any point planning a, a, a battle attack, you shouldn't have the success of that hinge on the presence of mist. Because <laughs> mist is finicky. You it's know, finicky. She's there one minute, gone the next. All it takes is a, is a temperature change. Yeah. And the mist will be gone. And if you're trying to get your trapezoid of soldiers through, she yeah. can't hide you. She can't hide yeah, you. Yeah, rule no. of thumb, don't rely on the weather for your plan to work. Like, cover of nightfall, sure. That's absolutely going to happen. But don't don't be like, oh, it's going to rain tomorrow and we're going to be <laughs> successful because there's mud. Like, it's like, come on. Can't believe I've There's going to be mud that. and their boots are going to get stuck and we'll be able to ski through it and we'll and get And boom, bada, bing. And there's quicksand. Ah, da, 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 da. Cannon fire soon began slashing gaping holes in the British line, sending men and equipment flying. As the British troops continued the advance, their ranks were riddled with musket shots. General Jackson watched the destruction from a perch near the right side of the line, bellowing, quote, Give it to them, my boys. Let us finish the business today. Which seems clunky. Seems clunky. Seems clunky. Old Hickory's militiamen, having honed their aim hunting in the woods of the frontier, fired with sickening precision. Red-coated soldiers fell in waves with each American volley, many with multiple wounds. Yeah, the frontiersmen are like, I kill running buffalo. Like, I yep. kill animals that are sprinting away from me. You're standing slowly You're marching standing there. towards me. Yeah, I'm going to... Do you think, like, the, the frontiersmen were kind of like, come on, like, at least duck, you know, do something. Right, right. <laughs> can, we, can we at least, like, get some sport out of this? Yeah, this shit, man. Chop, chop, chop. Like, come on. Try to get out of the way. You see you see now where it's coming from, you know? Like, I get I get at the beginning you didn't realize we were up here, but dang. Right, but now you know because there's one, two, twelve people dead. Everybody's dead. Like, so jump out. Get behind a tree. Maybe cover. Come on. Right. Pakenham needed his men to bring ladders and equipment to scale Jackson's line, but they were lagging behind, so he took it upon himself to lead the group only to be mortally wounded in a hail of gunfire. So, again, if you don't have the ladder, don't don't do anything until you get the ladder. Yeah. He didn't have the ladder, and and good for him. He was being a good leader and forged ahead, and 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 led the group. But, but to what end? You don't have don't the ladder. I, I don't. You don't have the ladder. You're gonna get to the base of the wall, and then what? We don't have a ladder. Also, I was curious about this ladder. Did they build this ladder? Did they come with this ladder? Did they know they needed a ladder? Do troops always travel with ladders? I mean, I, I just have to imagine so that like ladders ladder. are relatively normal to have because of right. fortresses and 
that sort of thing. I guess it was one of the one of the oldest like I don't know what you would call it, but like one of the oldest like tools or inventions. It's like was it the ladder or the wheel? Mm. The wheel, you know, I would say came first because you got to have the wheel in order to carry build the, the big castles. Yeah, and carry the ladder. Yeah. There you go. All right, all right. Yeah, I I agree with that. That would be all my right. that's my vote. But again, people, if you're planning a battle. If you're planning a battle, you come to it, you see there's a giant wall. Wait for the ladder. I mean, he could have held back. He could have, they could have retreated for like 20 minutes to let the ladder get to them. But instead he was like, no, no, I'm going to go forward. And we're going to forge on. Run into the wall. Because this is not, uh, what's that show called? American Ninja Warrior where like you can scale. No. A really high wall because you got the running jump and the and because it's not it's not whatever that's made out of. This is like mud and, mud timber. and timber. You're not and all sorts you're not of mushy stuff. Anything. But also and and yeah. and there's gunfire. <laughs> right. So yeah, like I don't oh, even think lest, lest we forget. You're also just avoiding being shot. I love it. With the majority of their officers out of commission, the British attack descended into Bedlam. A few valiant troops tried to climb the parapets by hand, oh my god, only to withdraw when they found that they had no support. Packham's secondary assault on Jackson's battery across the river had met with more success, but it was too little too late. Yeah, you had you really needed to have success on both fronts. Yeah. By the time the British seized the American artillery position, they could see the day was already lost. At Lyon Jackson, the British were retreating in droves, leaving behind a carpet of crumpled bodies. Yeah, there was a lot of death. Yeah. The the Americans killed a lot of British. Well, because they just kind of stood there and then ran against a wall. And, uh, (laughs) like, to me, it's, like, they're so good at strategizing ahead of time, but not adapting in the moment. No, and I feel like the Americans are like, we're here. We're actually here. We're here, and if I have to jump behind a tree, I have to jump behind a tree. Behind a tree. I don't care. No. I'll we're going to hide, and then we're going to fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll do whatever I need to do. We got pirates. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? We got pirates. I'll stay in this tree for a week. Hell yeah. You can get me. We're dirty. We're dirty. We're dirty we're shirts. street rats. <laughs> <laughs> well, street rat. Riff raff. Exactly. Riff raff. I don't buy that. Oh, my God. So let's talk about the casualties and impact from the Battle of New Orleans. The assault on Jackson's fortifications was, you could call it a fiasco, costing the British some 2,000 casualties, including three generals and seven colonels, all of it in the span of only 30 minutes. <laughs> like, it's like, just... Oh. So, so truly, to put that in perspective... This episode length is, it'll be a little bit longer, but it's roughly the amount of time this battle took. So if you've been listening since the beginning of this episode, congratulations, the Battle of New Orleans is over. (laughs) Congratulations, and there's 2,000 people dead. Amazingly, Jackson's ragtag outfit had lost fewer than 100 men. That's crazy. Okay. Seems like hiding works. The stunned British army lingered in Louisiana for the next several days, just hanging out, (laughs) 
but its remaining officers knew that any chance of taking the Crescent City had slipped through their fingers. After an abortive naval attack on nearby Fort, uh, Fort St. Philip, the British boarded their ships and sailed back into the Gulf of Mexico. So they hung out for a few days. They tried to attack us some other place. That failed. So then they left because they realized D's not good here. Yeah. Newspapers in the beleaguered city of Washington, D.C. labeled Jackson a national savior. Festivities continued the following month, celebrating the Battle of New Orleans. And as the news of the Treaty of Ghent finally reached American shores, we were able to celebrate that. Oh, the, the <laughs> war was indeed over when we fought the battle of New Orleans. Not only did and we, we win, but also it's over. <laughs> but also it's over. We also won, and it's again. Over. Okay, great. Perfect. Oh, okay, perfect. Great. Perfect. How anticlimactic. When Congress ratified the treaty agreement on February 16th, 1815, the War of 1812 came to an official end. The conflict is now considered to have concluded in a stalemate. But at the time, the victory at the Battle of New Orleans had elevated national pride to such a level that many Americans chalked it up as a win. I mean, yeah, yeah when you kill... When you kill that many people to the number that you lost, yeah, like yeah, that is I a win. Also, I mean, like I, I get the, I get the argument that it was a stalemate, but at the end of the day, it's also you have to put into perspective again the yeah. fact that like the British should have won this. They were once again yeah. better trained, more resourced, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and they blew it. Truly, I mean, yeah. for I'm sure supplies and, and logistical issues had stuff like something to do with it. But the Battle of New Orleans yeah. was also bad military strategy. Oh, yeah. Like, it was not good. To, to proceed forward when you're being truly gunned down without a ladder. I mean, right. I, you know, I'm not a general, but that seems like bad military strategy for the best military in the world. Right. And it's like you've already fought the Americans. You know how they fight. You know that they get in the trees and they build muddy walls and they, you know, do a lot of crazy shit. And you're still marching in formation? Adapt to the times, my dudes. Seems silly. Seems like we didn't learn. Absolutely silly. So I I say it's an American victory simply because of that. Simply because the British didn't win. Right. I agree. I'm, that's that's we'll take a so w wherever we can mm-hmm. and it's this time at the battle of new orleans but that is the end of our episode you guys i mean i love a battle we got to do more battles more often i love I know, hearing fun. the brilliant ideas that they had back then yes and yeah. I love taking them piece by piece because I feel like when we learned about them in school, it was all smushed into the war. So it was like yeah. this battle, this battle, this battle, this battle. And you never really, I, like, I don't remember the differences between any of the battles. Yeah. You know? So it's nice to, like, learn about a battle outside of its bigger context and also then talk about, like, what it meant for that war, you know? It was right. super fun. Right. This meant a lot. Oh. This and, and truly changed the course of American history with the catapulting of andrew jackson into um yeah national news so yes. thanks battle of new orleans we love you so much <laughs> <laughs> but that is the end of our episode for today and 
As always, if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. Please rate, please review, please subscribe to us. We love you so, so much, and we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.